friends and foes, welcome to Brushwork Podcast. My name is Stephanie Scott, and today we're talking about the tea on Etsy. <laughs> I think that's the most clickbaity title I've done yet. Good job, Stevie. Mostly I want to talk to you about why I ditched Etsy. But first, we have to go back as to why I joined Etsy, so here is my little story. On a whim, one midwinter break during my sophomore year of college at Cornish, I started my art business on Etsy. I was frankly, bored. I had no homework to do, I had two weeks off of classes with nowhere to go at my parents' house. It meant my creativity was bubbling. I was playing with some beads, a pair of big hoop earrings, and some hot glue when my sister came to the table and said, those are cool. I let her try them on, and then I took some photos of her wearing them. I then hopped on Etsy, the online center of the universe for handmade goods, and made myself a little shop. I used a name that I had been using on the internet since I was uh, 10 for this shop title. You know those names that you come up with in middle school and then they just haunt you for the rest of your lives? I thought at 20 years old that this was a great idea and I should continue to use this name. Alas, um, <laughs> I uploaded the photos, the very, very bad photos of my beaded hoop earrings, and I paid the 20 cent fee to list it, and then I made 10 more pairs of these earrings and did the same thing. Back in 2010, Etsy was already a booming place to sell handmade things. I would often buy jewelry there, occasionally something antique, and it was rare for a listing to look as polished as the ones you see there today. If you knew how to utilize SEOs, which I definitely did not at the time, you could make bank on this site, which I also did not do. <laughs> I sold one pair of earrings on that midwinter break to a friend I had told about the online store. On Etsy, your listing expires after four months of inactivity, and it costs 20 cents to relist them, which will also shoot them to the top of the search engines for that particular search term. All of my other earrings expired because I forgot about the shop, because I went back to school. Classic. In 2011, I started selling hand-painted Converse. I would sell them through word of mouth for $125 per pair. These painted Converse were custom. I would take whatever theme that the client wanted. Maybe it was florals, maybe it was uh, sports themed, maybe it's from a book, things like that. Then I would buy the new pair of shoes, which were $45 for a pair of chucks. Are chucks still that cheap? I don't know. And then the rest of the money was for the paint job. I listed these on Etsy as a way for people to see my work that was outside of DeviantArt, which had been previously my main online gallery at the time. I never sold a single pair of these shoes on Etsy but I did spend quite a lot of money advertising them. Now, to be honest, I, I did sell quite a few pairs of custom shoes to my friends. I just used Etsy as like a way of displaying them. It was truly like a gallery for me. I wasn't expecting people to buy the shoes from Etsy. During those years, I had also posted some student artwork that I had made in school at college. I sold one painting to a family member through Etsy. In late 2011, I took a class on bookbinding at Cornish. Learning how to make books also taught me how to finally use Etsy right. In this class, I learned how to make sketchbooks, notebooks, all sorts of bookbinding tools and materials. And at the turn of 2012, I was feeling really confident in the Coptic sketchbooks that I learned to make. Coptic sketchbooks are hardbacked and they have a very intricate sewing pattern on the spine that is exposed for people to see. They're beautiful. My books were hardbacked. They had fun modern prints of stars, of skeletons, of gold brushwork, other cute images. I always put 50 to 100 pages in them. I liked making them in two very clear sizes. I had a small 
postcard size book that was four by six inches, and then a larger moleskin size notebook that was five by eight and a half inches. Both of these were very travel friendly, and I chose the size because that's the size of the sketchbook I like to draw in. I started to make a sale, maybe once every month or every two months, and I would make these sketchbooks in huge batches. I definitely had more inventory than I had sales for approximately two years. I think I sold about 15 sketchbooks in this way that I had also sold the beaded earrings, where I had taken like two or three photos, some of them were blurry, <laughs> the listings were just like vague, and uh, but I was selling a couple of them every once in a while. In 2014 though, I at this point had moved into my own apartment and had many other little part-time jobs and I was like hoping that the bookbinding would start to make more money than just the hobby that it truly was. I took some advice from another person who was selling things online and I looked up my competition. This is a really great tool if you are selling anything on Etsy. I realized I was making four very, very big mistakes. All right, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna list them for you. The first was is that my photos were terrible. Like I knew they were bad, like I knew they weren't good, but I thought they were fine. I thought they would be passing, but no, they were bad. They weren't well lit. I only had two or three. Some of them were blurry and some of them weren't like, they weren't appealing to look at. So that was like my major big Etsy sin. Number two is I wasn't doing the titles in any way that people could find me. I wasn't writing titles that were searchable. Like one time I had a p painting on there and I was like, Italian landscape. <laughs> or I had, like a, I had a, uh, another one that was abstract and I just called it blue. And that was the title. And I was like, no one's going to find this painting. It's called blue. What? You, you're not going to find it by typing in blue in the search engine on Etsy. You're going to get like literally all of Etsy that is blue. <laughs> Number three, I was giving people too many options to select on when they found my sketchbooks. I had like the two different sizes, which is fine, but then I also had like 10 different kinds of pages and I had different materials and I had too many different kinds of covers and I n people were getting like lost in the options. I had to make them more succinct. And the fourth thing was, was that my prices were way too cheap. I had been underpricing my sketchbooks trying to get a sale and I wasn't making any money. In fact, I was losing money on just everything, but also by making it cheap, made it seem cheap. Like made the items themselves seem cheap. When in fact, the sketchbooks I were making were great quality, but I wasn't selling them as if they were great quality. So let's go through the list and talk about how I made changes so that I did indeed sell a sketchbook or two. <laughs> your photos on Etsy are the magazine covers for your store. If the photo is bad, no one is gonna click on it. It's just the truth. So I retook all the photos of my sketchbook and I am not kidding when I said I took over a hundred photos for each sketchbook. I wasn't good at it. It, it took, takes practice to get good at taking photos of a product. And I think I got pretty okay with it by the end of it. <laughs> you then have to learn how to edit the photos. You needed a bright, warm white. You needed darker darks, more saturation, sharper edges, clean lines, and better details. I made sure that each book had 10 pictures and most of them were close-up shots. I learned how to use daylight to my advantage and get some really beautiful objects to accentuate my books. And then I learned how to do titles. So first I went to Etsy and I typed in a description of what I would type in if I was looking for a Coptic sketchbook. Etsy helps you out here by giving you suggested searches. 
if any of the suggested searches met the description of my book, I'd add it into the title. My titles went from, quote, black and gold star-covered Coptic sketchbooks, end quote, to, quote, black galaxy blank Coptic sketchbook, hardback, 50 pages, 4 by 6 inches, heavyweight drawing paper, artist gift, student gift, end quote. You see the difference? The second one has so many more searchable terms in the title. It's not just being like, this is my black and gold Coptic sketchbook. It's like, how many pages are you looking for? What size are you looking for? Is it hardback? Is it softback? What kind of drawing paper does it have? Is it good for artists? If someone was looking up a student gift, would they find it? No, they will. As I went through the years, adding new kinds of books and fine-tuning the language I was using to go with these books, I definitely saw an uptick in sales. I sold sketchbooks on Etsy from 2015, 2014 to 2020. Towards the end of 2021, I had also added to my inventory prints that I was making of my abstract artwork, uh, tote bags, and also the sketchbooks. I had sold well over 100 sketchbooks. I don't know the exact number. And then I sold three prints <laughs> and five tote bags and one painting. So <laughs> 2021 hits and I'm like, this isn't working. This isn't good. Around that time, I did the math on the sketchbooks and realized they were becoming a waste of time to keep as a business. I was barely making money on them, and they were better off as a hobby. I haven't made a sketchbook in almost two years now, and it is, it's good that I took a break from it. I now only make them when I personally need a new sketchbook, and I'll make a few extras, and sometimes my friends will be like, hey, do you have any sketchbooks for sale? And I'll tell them what I've got, and sometimes I'll make one custom for them if they're my friend, but otherwise, just a hobby. At this time, I'd also opened up another online shop, and this was on my website. I had not been utilizing my artist's website, stephaniescott.art, for many years before 2021. And finally, I had an artist coach who was helping me develop it as a place where it's fun to hang out on. <laughs> now when you go to my website, it's the podcast, it's the shop, it's my blog, it's my art, it's art advice, it's many, many different things. So I wanted to have the shop that I had my art on be only on my website. It's confusing if there's too many places to buy your work. You want to have like one hub for it. So I, I closed down my Etsy store. I wasn't able to sell my paintings there. I wasn't selling prints very well there. I was selling the sketchbooks, but the tote bags weren't doing well either. And I, I really wanted to pivot to selling paintings. I wanted that to be the main thing I did. So between 2014 and 2022, 2023 now, <laughs> it's, that's the transformation I made. The biggest thing I learned about Etsy is that it's perfect for the things that you sell over and over again but it does terribly for one-off items. Original art just sells poorly there. Prints, sketchbooks, tote bags, those do great if you sell them right, and sometimes they got it right and sometimes it didn't. If you're looking to sell art there, it's not impossible, but you need to think a bit, you need to think as a marketer and not just a painter in order to succeed. Ultimately, I noticed I was able to make more sales on my website and sell my original artwork there. I save money on listing fees, I can better control my sales, I have an easier way to promote my artwork through my website. I left Etsy because it wasn't serving me as the artist that I am, which is an abstract geometric oil painter. The things that I miss out on is having Etsy's audience. By leaving Etsy, I'm now in full responsibility for getting eyes onto my website. I no longer have people just perusing abstract art on Etsy to look at me, if they ever saw me at all. 
Um, but now I have to direct people to the shop on, on my website. So that means I need to promote it more on Twitch. I need to promote it more on Instagram. I need to promote it word of mouth. I, I have to like actively send people to my site and that's work. If you are selling things on Etsy, it's very helpful. Etsy is well known. Stephanie Scott, the artist, is much less so. I'm constantly having to drive people to my website, whereas Etsy gives me a remarkable platform to advertise on, showing my crafts to people who would never otherwise have seen it. In doing research for this episode, I wanted to find a way where you could sell artwork successfully on Etsy. And the other day on Twitch, a friend of mine asked for advice on how to succeed on Etsy as an artist. So I have come up with a list of things to do and a really good example of how to do it and make bank on Etsy. So I'm going to give you the advice I gave her and I'm going to use the example of pet commissions as the vehicle for learning about how to sell art on Etsy. If you are listening and you are interested in selling are on Etsy, I want you to look these things up with me. Okay, so like pull up another window and let's let's go to town. I want to sell pet commissions. That's my thing, that's what I'm doing. What pet commissions are good at is that they're repeatable. Lots of people want pictures of their pets. They want paintings of them, they want drawings of them, they want lots of them. So already you have a win. You have something that is a sentimental value to your customer, their pet. You have a way of getting that image that they're going to send to you of the pet image, like the the photo they've taken of their pet, and you can paint it and then sell it again and again and again and again. It's very good. Art that is repeatable is going to sell extremely well on Etsy. Okay, so great. We have our main item that we're selling. So first, I want to look at the style of art that I have, and I'm going to categorize it. So we do... Pet commissions. Let's say they're watercolor pet commissions. The words I'm going to write down to describe it are watercolor, ink, drawing, contemporary, photorealistic, bright. And if I'm going to do pets, I'm going to write down all the ones that I like to do. Maybe that's dogs, cats, guinea pigs. Be as specific as you can be. Um, Even be niche down into it. So it's like, if I have dogs, maybe it's like Dalmatians. Maybe it's a King Charles Spaniel. Maybe it's a Blue Russian Cat etc. Okay, so now we're going to go onto Etsy and I want you to look up custom watercolor dog portrait. When I type this in into Etsy, I'm immediately seeing some hard hitters in this category. I want you to look for listings that have more than 1000 reviews because these people know what they're doing. They know how to sell on Etsy a piece of art, which is great. So there are heroes today and we're going to look them up. <laughs> I'm going to click on this listing in front of me here. This listing has a picture of one dog it's a, it's a headshot of the dog, and it has the dog's name written in cursive next to it. Um, this specific listing has 11,000 reviews, and the title is Pet Painting, Pet Portrait, Custom Pet Portrait, Custom Dog Portrait, Custom Watercolor Portrait, Dog Art, Dog Watercolor, and Dog Painting. That's all in the title. Right there is like an amazing clue as to what people are looking up on Etsy and how to get eyes onto your listing for your watercolor dog portrait right? So like write these down or take a screenshot or something. We're taking notes here. This listing is beautiful. So the price point starts at $33 and goes up based on how many pets up to three. And if you want a full headshot of the pet or a full body, the most expensive is $233 for three full body dogs in one piece of artwork. 
There's a second option here of choosing what style and size of print you would like. So it's like, do you want canvas or do you want paper? And then it gives you uh, three or four different sizes here and they all have different price points. So that's that's pretty cool. It's It's simple enough that your client, if they're looking at this is like, okay, I want a dog portrait. I found this listing, I'm clicking on it. It has a lot of really good reviews. It's within my budget of like a fancy dinner, you know, <laughs> and it's also has an option for maybe it's not just my one dog, but it's two dogs and I want full body. And then underneath it, it says, it has an email address where you can send the photo of the dog because all of these paintings are based on photos that people send them. And it also has like instructions here on how to take a really good photo of your dog. That's important too. If you were taking, if you were doing like watercolor pet portraits, you want people to send you good photos to paint off of the better the photo, the better the painting's gonna be. So having instructions for your client is really great. It's just like one, two, three, it's very simple. Um, let's go back and look at another one. This is also a big seller. They have a listing that's titled Mini Custom Watercolor Pet Portrait. Dog portraits from photos, dog portraits from pictures, pet painting, custom tiny paintings, miniature. That's the whole title. You can get from them a five by seven print of your pet in a watercolor style for $47. You can choose full body or just the headshot. The most expensive option is for five pets for $167. This is a very stylized and this one is clearly done by hand. If I go back to the first one, um, the first listing that I found, it looked like that someone had taken their photo, put it in Photoshop and done a stylized watercolor version um, using the computer to help them. I, I can't tell if it's an actual watercolor or if it's um, just a digital rendering of that picture. Both are fine. Sometimes people want that. Sometimes people want an actual watercolor, but that's that's good to know. Okay, so we go back to the second one. Let's look at their shop. They've got, this money is crazy. Okay, so they've got 21,000 sales. You can find this information by scrolling down a bit on the main shop of whoever you're looking at. And this is they opened in 2019. And it looks like they've got, okay, they have 10 listings for pet portraits and they're interesting. So all the 10 listings that they have are similar. It's like 10 listings of pet portraits. Uh, six of them are for dogs, four of them are for cats. And some of them feature like miniature painting. Some are listed as pet memorial. Some come in a frame. Some are casing dogs. Some are casing showcasing cats. They're clearly experimenting here with what is gonna get people to buy their work and click on their listings. They're all selling essentially the same thing. Like every single one of these 10 listings is extremely similar. Okay, so now let's look at some money here. <laughs> this is nuts, okay. Let's say they're making $50 on each sale, which is the average lowest sale price for each of these 10 listings they have. They've been making about, <laughs> if they are selling, each listing for about $50 and they've made 21,000 sales since 2019. They're making $262,000 each year at the low end. $262,000 each year at the low end. At the high end, it's at least a million dollars in sales since 2019. That's a lot, that's a lot. There's clearly money to be made here in this pet portrait. Like, so <laughs> if you have something on Etsy that's like, can be, repeated like this, like figure out a system and get going. Okay, so 
The key to all of this is that there's 10 listings that they've made for pet portraits, which can be listed over and over again, right? The algorithm knows that these listings does well, and thus it's going to promote it on the search engine way higher up on the first page than anything else, because Etsy makes a cut for every sale that you make. I think it's like 3% or something. You're gonna have to look it up if you wanna do this. So they want the things that are selling well to keep selling well, right? That's how they make money. Also, side note, for this one page that I'm looking at, if you look at their page, it's clear that they have a team of people working here. They probably have more than one artist and are probably using a third-party shipping company, kind of like Printful, which is what I use for my geometric prints. If you're looking to sell your artwork on Etsy, it's doable and profitable. You just have to learn how to sell it right. I want to look at one more listing here. This one is a, a cat portrait commissions. So this is a hand-painted watercolor picture of a cat portrait. It's custom pet portrait from photo commission personalized cat on Etsy. Much shorter title than most, but the shop is insane. So they also have 15 listings about. They're almost all identical. They're probably experimenting with photos and titles that get them the most hits, you know, clicks, I mean, and purchases, but they have 725 sales since 2020. And some of them are like pet grief portraits, some have other titles, you're gonna play around with it. I think, okay, so doing like a quick calculation, based off of their lowest sell price, they're making about $44,000 over the course of two years here, or they're making $127,000 based off of their highest end items over two years. That's so much money. Y'all, there is money to make in the pet portraits, you should get into it. I don't like, I don't like drawing pets. <laughs> so I'm not gonna do this, but if you're interested in making some dollars, this is a great option. Here's a checklist for a good Etsy shop. If you wanna do it and you wanna do it right, here you go. Okay, so number one is find something that you can sell that's artwork that's repeatable, where you can sell the same thing over and over and over again. Number two, you wanna have a name that fits what you're selling. Instead of having Stephanie Draws as her, her title here, um, maybe having a draw your portrait. It's a clear name as to what is held in the store. If I say, click on the user, draw your portrait, I'm gonna expect portraits of me, portraits of a person, portraits of a family. Like that's really cut clear and it's great. Have a good name that fits what you're selling. Brainstorm this, get other people's opinions. Okay, number three, you want to really niche down what you're selling. You don't wanna have too many listings. 10 po pet portraits? Listings is great. You know, there are different variations. Maybe they sell slightly different things. Perfect. 99 listings, including mugs and t-shirts and flags and bouncy balls and keychains and art is really confusing and it's overwhelming for your client. Keep it really tight. And remember, you can have more than one Etsy shop. Like if you want to sell two different things, you can have more than one shop. It's great. Okay, number four is you want to have really excellent photos. Well-lit, clear photos with lots of details. Put photos of your paintings in mock-ups, put them in different settings, have someone holding it so people can see the size without asking you. Lots of photos, really good ones. And maybe if you eventually get to the point where people are sending you pictures of your work in their homes, that's called social proof, stick one of those in your listing. Number five is you want to have a sentimental biography about you, the shop owner, somewhere on your page. Some people will look at this and read it, some won't, but having that there creates another sentimental hook for you to get into people's lives and have them create an emotional connection with you, the seller, which is gonna make them much more likely to buy from you than any rando they find on the internet. <laughs> it's great. On that same note, you wanna have a 
portrait of yourself somewhere in the shop. People want to know what you look like. If you're not comfortable with a photo of you, uh, maybe get a drawing of you or something cartoonized, but something where they're seeing a human face in the shop gets people buying. It, it works so much better. People trust faces. Number six is you want to have a great banner that showcases your listings cohesively. A banner is a photo that's on the top of your shop page. It needs to match your pictures in light, in theme, in everything. Make it really good. Brand colors are number seven. Having brand colors, it's great. You want to have something where people see your listings and they're like, ah, yes, that's that person's artwork. And they just know it immediately. My brand colors are black, white, and a nice rusty orange color that I love. And I have that in lots of things all over my website. Some people use a rainbow palette. Some people have blues and oranges. Like there's many colors. Find a color picker. Pick something that works for you. Uh, number eight is get good titles for your listings and clear descriptions. Okay, so remember how we went onto Etsy and we were looking up custom pet watercolors. And when you looked that up, there was probably other listings that showed up in the suggested box. Put all of those things that relate to your art into your titles and also into your descriptions. This is searchability. This is getting people to look at your, your listings. This is not just the blue painting number one, right? Like be specific and be annoying with it. <laughs> like when I'm like looking at miniature custom watercolor pet portrait, dog portraits from photos, dog pictures, Portraits from pictures, pet painting, custom tiny paintings. Like that, that's a mouthful of a title, but that's, it's not supposed to be nice to look at. It's supposed to be good for searchability. And the last one is number nine is I want you to get free shipping on your items. Now you're like, Stephanie, shipping isn't free though. And I know that, and you know that, but what your buyers like more than paying for shipping is having the cost in their cart be the same as when they clicked add to cart. Having the cost of your shipping into your prices creates a little free shipping button, which is fun to have next to your listing, but it also doesn't create any sticker shock when you get to the cart to check out. The person already knows what they're going to pay because it's in the, the cost on the listing. And aside from tax, that's really, really nice. So if you can figure out the cost of your shipping into your prices, put it there. And that's a good start. I mean, it's not even a start. It's a lot. That's a good shop. I would also make, if you have bonus time, make an Instagram page and a Pinterest page to match your new brand. Um, Etsy also has a new video feature to show off your product, which is superb. Use that, implement it. Now it also asks for feedback from people just all the time. Um, one of my favorite things to do for my listeners and people who watch me on Twitch is reviewing shops. If you would like me to review your online shop, send me a DM and I'd love to give you some suggestions. You can take them or leave them, whatever. It's, it's fun for me and it's a good way to improve the way you're selling your work. But lastly, getting back to as to why I'm no longer selling on Etsy, I don't think my audience is on Etsy. I sold there for so many years and wasn't really successful. But now that I have my artwork on my website, I'm selling artwork a lot more than I was on Etsy. I have one-off items. They are fine art. It's... It's good for conference rooms. It's good for private homes. People who are looking to decorate their conference room, their office with fine art, they're not going to be on Etsy. That's not where you're going to go first. They're going to be looking for other places. And that's where my work needed to be and now is. I'm more successful off of it. But if I was doing pet portraits, you know I would be on Etsy. <laughs> I hope that this 
was interesting to you and that if you're selling on Etsy, you got some good suggestions on how to improve your work there and kind of give you a better explanation of why I'm no longer selling there. If you like this podcast and you want to hear more from me, you can find me at stephaniescott.art on Instagram, and that's also my website. And you can find the podcast at Pod over on the gram. Thanks for listening in today. Make good choices, everyone, and I'll see you next time. Bye!